A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined by, I cannot believe it's taken us this long to have this happen. This is truly uh, like a What's Your Sign event of the century. I would go as so far as to say, arguably like the fourth member of this pod. Because <laughs> even though this is her first time as a guest, you know her, mm-hmm. you love her. Her voice is simply iconic. Uh, she th- sings and wrote and produced our theme song, Honor Netho. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Um, you, are the fourth. you are the fourth you voice. You are. God, that You're feels amazing to hear because I've, I've like every, felt yeah. that way my whole life, basically, <laughs> that I belong with the three of you. Well, you're on every app. Yeah, every app. Yeah, if this was That's IMDb, been- you'd be listed every episode. <laughs> you are not, you've never been a guest, but yet you've been on every single episode of What's Your Side. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
also in a phenomenal band called Beginners. Pet is also another project that she has that has a single out right now called Blood Orange. That's amazing. You should absolutely buy it on Bandcamp. So good. She's from the Vista pod. The pod. She's also a pod goddess. True. A pod god. Ha- or as the as the algorithm people in the podcast universe say, hashtag Lady Pod Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Oh. I mean, I. I didn't think I came up with pod squad the other day, but I, I was like, I can't believe I've never called anybody. I've never called us a pod squad. <laughs> and now I know why. It's because it's like too, it's, it's pretty too, dorky. It's too low hanging fruit. It's pretty too dorky. Much. It's for like those follow circle people too. That's like, Hey, can I get a boost? And it's like, it's just a different, it's a different universe. You don't want, you don't want to be there, but there's nothing more Leo than being on every episode and not, being physically on the episode like I love that it's like here's my presence um and th- you're welcome I do yeah I, I would agree it does feel good like cosmically <laughs> it feels great what's that Leo thing of like I've talked to you about this before where it's like you like love bringing friends together but like when friends hang out without you there, you're like, what the fuck? And so it's like, we're never not hanging out with you. Yeah, exactly. You're that is my worst there, nightmare, so. by the way. <laughs> like I love to throw at events, but if I if there was like an event with a bunch of my friends, like for any, it doesn't matter like what the reason is. Like if it was extremely inappropriate for me to be there, I would be absolutely crushed that I wasn't there. <laughs> I feel like this speaks to the Venusy too, because I my Taurus bells are, are alarming on that as well. Where it's like I think I would not care, but there is some earthy Venus pangs of jealousy that just do reside. They're there, and I'm like, and also just why wouldn't you want me there? Like is the other part of the question. Everyone has FOMO. I don't know if it's a sign thing. But I think that if if there was a real situation where all of your friends were together and you couldn't go, <laughs> everyone would feel like shit about that. That's true, that's true. No one would be like, I'm cool. I'm like, Actually, a bunch of people would say they're all. cool with it, but everyone would be like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, It's true. I do get like, I do get like extraordinarily like, um, and this is, this is like, this is big for me to say admit and also hard for me to admit I do get extraordinarily like jealous if I introduce like two of my friends who I'm like because this is my dream is like to introduce my friends that don't know each other and then they love each other but if I see them hanging out together without me I will be like so angry like I want to burn something down but also like but I also like simultaneously like happy that they're enjoying their friendship but it's hard mm-hmm. do you Everybody feel that a blessing Coco. and a curse you guys <laughs> do you feel that you when you meet a friend through a friend and you end up becoming friends do you feel like sneaky good about it because that is I feel like the thing where it's it becomes like you're a hypocrite but if it's like oh no I have no problem meeting friends and then just being their friends <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, I, I relate all that to that hard, but I think, yes, FOMO is impossible to ignore to sign, but I think there's just signs that also aren't as aware of like when those yeah. are happening that like, I'll talk to them. I feel like it's mainly a lot of like air, super air people where it will be like, oh, those people hung out there. Like they did. It's like, yeah, they post a picture. It's like when? And it's, or like, it's not as like evident where I feel like I'm, 
I see all things and I'm just like too aware and too in the know where it's like, what the fuck? How did this go well, down? I think but I also the, support it too. Like I know that it's good. I just want to be a part of it too. That's the FOMO of it all. I think that everybody has FOMO. You're absolutely right that that's, it's not absolutely not a sign based thing. I think that there's something specific about, and maybe it's not a Leo thing. Maybe I've just attributed it to that. Um, but I think there's something about like, if you, if you like facilitating friendships and you are the person like your, I don't want to be like your identity, but like, if you pride yourself on being a person that like has cool friends, that it's like, of course you'd want to meet my cool friends. It is like an extension of you. If they aren't hanging, it's like, wait, that's my thing. I'm supposed to be the, the, the gateway to cool friends. You can't do this without me. My thing is I get the cool friend hangout. You're supposed to have to like ask me to do it. Not, not in a permissive way, but in a, in a like, well, if you guys can just do it without me, then what the fuck is my role? Cause my thing is like friendship doula. Yeah, I can see that. And I think sometimes I have been the one that like, is like, Oh yeah. That like, I didn't notice for sure. Um, I, I get trapped in my own world a little bit too. And I think that for me personally, like, it's like, I also used to be very competitive in like board games and stuff. And now I, I don't mind losing, but it's just cause I've had to learn that it's not like inherent. It's just that I've had to learn like, oh yeah, sometimes you're like not invited to the party and you just have no. to find your own thing to do. And like, mm-hmm. And, like, you, your own thing ends up being more fun. And, like, you realize that whoever, you know, it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. I just realize now, yes, every sign is FOMO. But I'm realizing the signs that have encouraged me to hang out with people they've introduced me to. Like, they've said, I hope you hang out with them solo so you get, can get closer. And then when we all hang, then we're so close are water signs every cancer scorpio pisces has been very encouraging of like introducing and then also being like now go off you two and then but then report back to me with your all your love and now we'll just be even closer than it being like my group of acquaintances that are hanging out that's just again this is just i can see that this is just social reporting this is just observational uh if you think you're a sign that doesn't have fomo um sound off in the reddit thread below <laughs> yeah please drop the drop the placements because inquiring minds need to know <laughs> i do want to also clarify that like when my friends because i've had this happen like so much when like you introduce your friends and then they hang out on their own and they get their own little hangout thing going it even though like it's like upsetting at first it always pays off when you guys all hang out as a group because that is truly like truly like my dream is for all of my friends to be as good of friends as I am. Cause I feel like I do pride myself on finding people that are like good people to hang out with. Like I don't, you know, we've all had like really fickle or like fair weather friends and then, or people that you're just like, I don't, this person doesn't want the best for me and I don't want them in my friend group. So like when I have made friends, like now later in my life, I'm so excited when we all hang out and everybody just loves each other. Because that's what yeah. I always want, you know, just a big you old love fest. Friends. You have good friends. I do. Thank you. And you're, you're, you guys you're, are them, too. Oh, so. oh Congratulations, guys. Meld hey. souls. We're melding. We're, yeah. we're in this lioness's pride. Yes. Yeah. 
So wait, we need to get back because we off pod, we were talking a little bit about this triangle of death. And I just want more clarification (laughs) on this. And I want the listeners to know because it was alarming. It raised a lot of red flags and I'm concerned. I don't want to alarm anyone. Okay. It's called the triangle of death because I'm alarmed. It's (laughs) called the triangle of death from, I think, like pre dermatological studies and like pre like pre-medicine yeah like so it is the area from in between your eyebrows to the corners of your mouth in between your eyebrows to the corners of your mouth so the triangle yeah and upper lip I was and making the totally opposite shape on my face, and Lisa's like, no, bitch, put it between your fucking eyebrows. So I well, I don't want you to think your whole face is in danger. I know. I was like, wow, this is a big surface But also, area. it is. That's the other thing. It is. Well, it's just this. <laughs> no, it's basically like, everywhere that you break out and where your boogers are. Well, this is not where I break out. I break out of my chin and stuff. But I think that it is, like, those really, like, I don't know. It's supposed to be where you shouldn't pick at because it's so close to like your nose and your mouth and it can get into the bloodstream and you can get an infection. But also like And that's when you, connected to your brain too, right? Totally. And mm-hmm. when you get those like nose crease zits. Oh yeah. Um that like won't go away or they like keep coming back. My one of my facialists told me that that's staff. So it's like that's an infection. That's not like um, just a zit that's there. If it keeps coming back like that, it can be fungal. It can be. So that's like the area where they say, like, don't pick at your face at all. Um, But I do think, like, you can. You're not going to die because I I think that the name sounds like it's going to kill you. There is an article that says it's called the Triangle of Death. It does say, could Poppy and Pimple really kill you? A doctor sounds off. On the triangle. Oh well, and could but could it? I mean, in theory, yes. In theory, anything can can kill you if even you push fo- it to even its most logical. Like tr- truly, <laughs> I mean, if you push it to the to the extreme end. But your face skin is more delicate. Not like necessarily the most delicate. I don't want to state that because I don't know if that's factually correct. But it is like it's not like your palms or the soles of your feet or even like the rest of your skin that's get used to being touched and rubbed and and having friction on it. Your face doesn't have those things. Plus, there's open holes in your in your mouth and your nose. <laughs> and that's something my friend is a dental hygienist. She was going to dental school uh, the past few years and was always just like, People forget about how teeth health because it's, but it's like, it's open. It's like the rest, there aren't other like holes in our body the same way where it's going directly into your body, like your mouth. But I think we take it for granted because it's like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't know. Well, your teeth is like your skull exposed too. We forget that that's like, it's, and then if your teeth oh. get all fucked up, it's like what we went back to is like it's your brain, which can like your yeah. tooths, your teeth, your teeth can start like going up into your membrane and get you all scrambled. And now yeah. there's a triangle. It's like that's the quickest, the quickest indicator of like overall health in a lot of ways is your mouth health because it is like you're just opening up and being like, how's it inside your body? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I, I think it's just a good reminder of like, if things are, cause I just had this split nail that I was sourcing Instagram people. Cause um, I can't get a doctor's appointment until like 2022 because of, you know, life. And I'm like, anyone can <laughs> prescribe me this split nail. And it's like, leave it alone. Leave it alone is basically the remedy for many things. Like just don't agitate it. Don't do from, you know, again, we're not doctors. Um, but for like little skin things, it's always leave it alone and just see and monitor. And if anything just colors or changes or shapes, if it's like, then that's it. But for the most part, just like back the fuck up. I can't stop looking at these pictures of Dr. Oz demonstrating where the triangle of death is. And he keeps <laughs> holding up this like very Illuminati pose of like the triangle of death. I'm going to try to chat it to the group, but um, I'll also... What if it is an Illuminati thing? <laughs> It might. Oh my God. It very well. They're so funny. <laughs> so I know everyone came to this very high tech science pod to, you know, learn all about the triangle. I've just never heard this. This is like exciting. I haven't either. And I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and their triangle of death is much different. <laughs> well, I think it's also a like very politicized phrase and I don't know exactly where it comes from a war I think so this might be all really cancelable uh, <laughs> conversation um, also what's what's uh, new for us South Baghdad during the 2003 to 2011 occupation of Iraq by the US what uh, yeah so uh, sorry trigger warning I guess yeah. Late now. Too late now. <laughs> uh, retrograde trigger warning. Also, like, of, I blame everything on the the war in Iraq, too, at this point. Like, of course, like, everything has stemmed from the, the pseudo-war on terror. Every Everything collapsed, including now this death triangle, a la Dr. fucking Oz. What's the, what's the triangle of death on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some sort of, like, uh... I I got I can't tell you because there's so much that I've seen 16 seasons of it at this point. Whoa! And it all just blends together. Yeah, it's still on the air too. It's crazy. Yeah. It are, is. are you up to date? Like, are you go? Are you contemporary yes. watcher? Yeah. So I just Ooh. finally finished. I think it took me like a full six months of quarantine. And to be fair, like I did like go hard for like the first half of well, Grey's the Anatomy. First, the beginning is so good. It's yeah. so good. But then I got I started to get like sad that it was gonna be over one day. And also like it's such a sad show. Like I have like just ugly cried so much watching this show. But the last handful of seasons are like I didn't like I didn't want to get too attached. And also like it's not as good, really. Mm-hmm. So um but it's still good. It's just not like the same. Um, so I kind of sixteen years. That's it's so crazy. Long. I mean, it's so incredible. The um, Ellen Pompeo mm-hmm. is like Meredith. The, the yeah Meredith. Yes. She's been on it. Like that's her whole career, and yeah. and it's been a great career too. Like it's a great show. She's done great things. But it's one of those things where it's like I don't know that she's done. Like, I looked her up once, and I can't remember. Like, I may may be wrong, but, like, I think she's done, like, one or two, like, movies or something. Or maybe, like, a previous TV show. But, like, afterwards, I don't think she's done anything else. And maybe she won't even be able to by the time this is over because it's been so long. She can't be anyone but Meredith Grey. But it's really cool, and it's, like, obvious that she's had a lot of, like, her own 
like she's like a really cool woman she's got like a lot of like great views on life and Hollywood and like how sets should be run and like who should be writing and working on these sets and you can tell that like I think she has like a lot of uh, control like I think she I don't know if she's like a producer or something but I do think she has like a lot of say over like what kind of storylines are said and there are some things that are like in retrospect when we're looking at them like a little like weird and maybe um like problematic I guess but then but also like there's a lot of stuff that's like really cool and really good that they talk about on the show which is cool and I gotta I mean I, I don't mean to take this about Grace Anatomy but the show is like absolutely insane. Like the doctors are horrible. They do malpractice all the time. <laughs> they own their own hospital, so they can't really even get sued. I don't think oh, it's really bizarre. Yeah. But um, but they also there's like a lot of cool stuff that they're getting into in the last handful of seasons. Like Meredith is really all about like trying to fix the healthcare system. So I hope Hell she tackles yeah. that next season, honestly. <laughs> where That's Where awesome. is Gray's set? Like what town? Seattle. Oh, oh wow. Seattle. Resounding and Seattle. It fully makes me want to like move to Seattle. Have, have you, know, you I season, went even on. Even though a, it's fully filmed in LA, I'm sure. I went on like a Gray's Anatomy cruise in Seattle. No. Like a, it? But it was like on accident because we bought one of those passes where it like, gives you a day bus pass and like tickets to the EMP and like a bunch of stuff. And one of them was like the tour. And of course the first one, I'm like, we have to go on the boat. The boat sounds the most fun. And of course it's like some Grey's Anatomy (laughs) thing, but it was really fun. It was cool. That's so funny because my girlfriend and I were like, when this is finally over, because we've been watching it together, we're like, we're going to go to Seattle and do a tour. But then we're like, wait, the tour is just going to be a hospital that doesn't exist. No, I mean it's just a tour of Seattle, but they like tell you facts about stuff. It's it's fun. That's Whoa. cool. We'll have to do that. Yeah. That that era of like ABC television is so dear to me. It's like the begin I feel like ABC really turned it around and this is like the start. It was with Desperate Housewives and Grey's Anatomy and like Lost is in that same time too um and you know I'm not a I've got to watch it I'm gonna I am gonna watch I'm here's the thing you can't watch Lost with Steve because it will ruin it I I don't want to say why but it will ruin that he will ruin it somehow well I because (laughs) because it's something about him being a preacher in the past he will recognize something that you won't see and it'll ruin the show for you i got you i I know what you mean it's also like technically like is it a good show i don't know but i love it you know like (laughs) i don't (laughs) also maybe the first three seasons with steve and then after that you know when to stop you can tell when it's time to go it's very obvious what it's like i can't i i will say this about lost i will like I've been, I was so burned that I hate J.J. Abrams. J.J. Really? I don't think it was that bad. I I felt so betrayed. Why the ending? Yeah, I can't tell you because I have to tell you guys later. Yeah. I I didn't feel betrayed like right away. I didn't love it the way that it ended. But I read an interview like years later about 
like he was talking about the show and I will just have to okay. tell the TV later okay. and then Julia I'll tell there, you what, there are finished. certain things that I will never unlive the excitement for like the hatch uh, the French doctor I, so French interesting lady. like ah what is it I like I'll never refill that I love a show that this is where I'm interested in loss later in life obviously I was watching it you know six years after it already aired like it was a brand new show it was like wow but the fact that so many people never acted again and then moved to Hawaii like it kind of became its own weird after effect cult of this cast of people that never left like they actually got sucked into sort of what the show was rooted in I find that fascinating I love shit like that where it's like and then the cast never returned and it was like what why because they gotta go back (laughs) I think this actually ties into what you were saying about Ellen Pompeo on Grey's Anatomy and that (laughs) is that we forget that we forget that like acting is a job and sometimes when you work a job it like teaches you how you want to work or like what kinds of jobs and stuff that you want. And so I think even though we like have this, I think less so now, but I think we think of actors as people that like constantly want a new thing and a new chat. Like they're always transforming and doing these things, but most people just want to like work and have a job. And it's like the same ideas of like career, like any sort of like longevity in a, in a thing that doesn't normally have that, you're like, oh, shit, I have, like, a, a union job or whatever. It's very, like, working class. Even though it's an acting job, it mm-hmm. still is like, oh, I like that, and you have authority, and you have these things. And I think with, like, a lost thing, like, who would want to come back after you did all of that? Who That's the true. fuck would want to come back to L.A. and and work like that? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't un- unlive that experience. You can't also, get found. With- yeah, and also with a with a show that that was like that sensationalized, and also it's so different. TV's so different now because we get like full seasons right away, mm-hmm. um, or it's just like it's just not the same. Like TV at that point was just like I feel like at its like most like in like I remember when Lost. I watched Lost like later when I could binge the whole thing. But I remember when it was on the air and I was always just like so insanely confused because I'd seen like one or two episodes and it changes so much from episode to episode that I would be like so confused. But my friends would all get together and watch it. And like there were people who like knew what was happening and they were like always there every week at our friend's house. We'd all like drive over. And this was like when I was like in high school and everyone would watch it together and people were just fanatical about it. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine like the kind of like, I don't know, like ego boost and also like probably money that comes with that kind of show Yeah, at that time that they probably could. Like they probably well, could just buy a mansion in Hawaii and never work again. I was thinking about this is that I was like, why didn't I watch Lost? Because I loved, again, I loved ABC television at that time. And I also love event television in that way. But event this television. just reminded me uh. that you, now we take for granted that you can like go back and watch a show. And it's like, if you didn't, something like Lost too, that's just like too far in, there's like, how would you, I know that that's also the time when you started releasing seasons on DVD, but it oh, usually I... was in the wrong order or like too mm-hmm. far along where it's like yeah. you couldn't 
catch up on a season before the next one started. There's no I did, and I used to get, I think I got the first and second season of Lost in Netflix mail DVDs. Whoa. Yes. Like, that was, like, the old school. And but then I, got I don't think Netflix existed it. when it was, when Lost was out. But it or was, was the it was. end, like, the end. Or maybe, like, the third season or something, when it was airing, they had the mail-ins, and I started it with, like, season one, and then finally caught up. Oh, wow. Sure I think it was started, while it was airing. I'm pretty sure I started Lost on Netflix mail-in, too. I and also Breaking I Bad. Same. I watched the first few seasons of Breaking Bad via Netflix mail-in DVDs. Holy <laughs> And I bet I watched, people don't even remember these. <laughs> I do. I, I remember doing that with Sex in the City with me and my mom. We thought it would be a fun show to get into together. And I was in high school, and we were wrong. It was not a <laughs> so uncomfortable. I have been so funny. This what we're talking about actually. I had a question about your chart, Honor, that stood out. That kind of maybe relates or not. But I had a question for yeah. you with your Taurus Moon, which absolutely love it. Like uh, that, just I love the Taurus Moon imagery that comes to mind of just like baby cattle in flower. Like it just. I don't know, when I ever I meet Taurus Moon people, I'm just like, oh, like, it's like, I'm Taurus. I'm like, we're going to like, we like these things. Yay. But I'm always curious because I feel like I keep hearing Taurus Moon people mention that they can get really into like listening to the same music over and over or watching that same show or like finding those comforts and like really like hoofing in and digging in. I know we kind of touched on it with TV, but is that normally how you operate like Grey's Anatomy or not? Or do you want like the fresh and the new content or like can you listen to that like the same album over and over and over and over and over again oh yeah I mean like (laughs) if like I feel like I'm always like really aware when I'm listening to like a song or an album that I love like just relentlessly on my Spotify that like my friends are gonna notice and then be like what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) you literally played this song 50 times in a row um no I'm like that a lot I do that with everything probably food even like I love to get into like I love I love like a set routine um and I love like routines I would say are hard for me like in my life as but I do love them like once I get into one I'm really happy with it um but I do like new like I obviously like new music and I like new tvs and tv shows and movies I get really excited by new things but it's real. I like them both, but what you're saying is really funny. I literally never thought about that as being like a Taurus or Taurus Moon thing. Well, I had a Taurus Moon I friend totally... say that they've been listening to the same artist for the last three months, like, but only that artist. And you know, maybe you'll get new variety with that, uh, you know, different albums and this, but just being like, I need their voice, like, I need that one per, like, not being afraid to go fully in where I think there can be other signs. Like, I'm thinking of like maybe Gemini people or even sad people that need things that are more mixed in but I love that like a lot of the touristy people aren't afraid to go like no like this is just what I'm feeling and fuck it repeat like not afraid of the like hit the repeat button like let me listen to this song over and over that's funny yeah I would I would enjoy that I think I'm just really picky and I'm um and I'm I hate using the word picky because that's, I feel like what people use when they're like, you're picky, but I'm very particular. (laughs) And so I like artists 
I do like listening to like one artist and I always want to like listen to more of them once I really like an album or a song or whatever. But I feel like I'm usually disappointed because, you know, like not every artist can make an incredible album every time. Mm -hmm. So, and it's like no offense to like whatever the artist or the band or whoever it is. But a lot of times, like when I'm really into a song or an album, it's very, very, very seldom that like you find that the rest of that artist has the same quality music <clears throat> or like the TV shows, even like I'm, I loved watching all 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, but I will say like, I would be excited to rewatch the beginning, but once I got towards the end, I would be kind of like, it kind of fizzles out again. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah. Well, I think that's two things. I think that's, like, sticking with the one who brought it, like, being that, like, loyal and following through and, see, like, allowing for the reality of, that is, like, things not being excellent all the way through, but that doesn't mean that you, like, give up on it or that you don't still enjoy the things that you enjoy about it. Um, I have a question for everybody. And I don't know this... (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to ask it right. This isn't like controversial, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm really getting the difference because this was something someone relayed to me. So I don't have like the exact source to cite it from. But do you, when you listen to music, I will put in movies or any sort of media consumption. Do you feel a certain way and then seek out media that mirrors that feeling or do you look for media to make you feel a way? Mm. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Okay. Yeah. I constantly, I don't know if you guys remember, there used to be, and it probably still exists, but like Last FM and like Taste Kid, these are websites that go like, even last night after watching Muriel's Wedding, I was like, movies that are exactly like Muriel's Wedding, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I like once I find that tone, I'm like, who's doing that tone? Who's like, if I'm hearing like, so like voices similar to Joni Mitchell, like I do want to find like, similar things. And I don't know if that was the exact question. But I, I will if I moved, I'll be on the hunt for that energy. I usually I have like a lot of sloppy playlists and I don't share them because (laughs) I'll put like weird shit. And so I always kind of have one going and that's uh, average getting in the car, got to have something on, don't have time, just just hit shuffle all on the weird playlist. And then if I'm really in the zone of like, if I'm really like, I want to cry, I'm going to be sad today. I will, I will, like, I have, like, a hurt yourself one where it's like, <laughs> oh, this is going to fuck you up. Yes. I will Honor, say that. Feel? So for me, it's more like, I would say, like, my baseline is, like, like Lisa's, like, hurt yourself playlist. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm always baseline, like, waking up a little sad, um, like, as far as, like, music and stuff goes. But I, so I have like albums where like I do have to force myself to be happy Um, or like if I'm like in a really good mood and I want to listen to something like really upbeat, I have like playlists that I've made for that. Or like if I'm working out, I have like a, I have like, it's like very Britney Spears heavy. Um, And then also, 
But I feel like for the majority of my playlists, they're all like, there'll be like some really fun, happy songs. And then the rest of it is just like devastatingly sad. I have that too in my weird ones. But I also, with the Hurt Yourself ones, there are weeks where I'm like, you can't listen to this anymore. I'm like, you're you're <laughs> like, this is too much. Well, I will say the, the pandemic, like the beginning of that, that really like changed how I listened to music. And so mm-hmm. there were a lot of artists that I just like, I literally was like, there were artists that I love that like had music come out and I was like, I will get to this later. Mm-hmm. Well, cause uh, like I, I, I think that we all seek it out in the same way. I'm intensely aware of how I am influenced by media and things like that. So like, if I can't be sad, I cannot listen to sad music. It's like absolutely cannot and if the if it doesn't kind of like match up with I think this was something that was really hard for me when I worked at the salon which is like the same music all the time and it's like never the vibe that I wanted emotionally and it's like trying to block that out and still be at the emotion that you need to be at it's like nails on the chalkboard so I do feel like I'm I'm very much the the first option, which is like I feel something and I need stuff that mirrors what I feel, or else I'm gonna be crazy. <laughs> so so now that I'm hearing more of this context that y'all are giving, my playlist, which I actually got inspired by Pablo to make my playlist in this way once they both realized we're the only weirdos on earth with Apple Music. Um, and that we can share playlists like our our music's really really private and with each other which is kind of nice like I feel like I would be feel really pressured if I knew my friends were looking at what music I was listening to because it's just not I don't know I'm a bit of a snob in my heart of hearts and like I want my dorky private moments to be kind of dorky and private Um, but my playlists are very like it's like September 2020 August 2020 it, it will be like a song I heard in CVS that's like all that she wants is another baby and I'm like that's going on my September 20 because I remember I was going to the beach and I grabbed sunscreen and like it's very much like grabbing what I'm hearing around and in life and it's so varied and it's so across the board that it, it can't lean into sad or happy it's just so random I don't have like I have, like, a fitness playlist for, like, upbeat music, and that's it. And, like, yoga. But, like, no, like, moods. You know what I mean? Like, everything else is just sampling life and then collecting it together. But that's That's basically what my, like, real, like, weird mishmash is. Mm -hmm. But I used to do it monthly, and then... I realized that I can't hold myself accountable to that. And it'll be like a year (laughs) later and I'm still adding stuff to September 2020. And it's like, this is not a good time capsule for you later. (laughs) I, that's funny. I, yeah, I do have time capsules like that, but like Lisa says, like, it's definitely, maybe this is my Taurus moon thing where like, I'll make this time capsule playlist and then I'll listen to it for like six months. And yeah, and I it's usually like a playlist that I sent that like someone will ask me to like make a playlist or like a friend of mine sent me a playlist, so I'll send them one. And then I like it so much that I just keep listening to it. And it's and it and then that creates the whole like mood because then it's like I'll listen to it now when I because I have these, you know, all I have all these saved. I'll go back and I'll listen to them and I'll be like so nostalgic over them. But like you were saying before, like with the different um like creating mood, like you don't have like moods, but personally, I do think that that is how you're supposed to listen to music. Like, I don't think you're supposed to like Spotify is all about like 
mood playlists and Mm. stuff now, which is, like, fine, but I think it's, like, when you want to, like, feel a certain mood and you want to, like, seek it out, like, for me, it's usually, like, I got to get out of this funk. I want to listen to, like, like, happy music. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, but it's, and I'll usually, like, try to find, like, a fitness playlist and then, like, just make my own, and, because those are, like, all, like, really upbeat songs, usually. Kim Kim Petras, baby. That'll get, that'll take you out of any hole, any funk, just the Church of Kim. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that, like, for me personally, I'm not, I'm not keen on, like, look, pulling up a playlist and be like, what do I want to, what do I want to feel like today? Mm. Um, I think that there is, there is some, like, quote about how anytime you remember something, you're remembering the last time you remembered it. And I think mm-hmm. that that is very true for music. Like, I think sometimes when you hear that song, it is reminding you of, like, that day you were in CVS grabbing sunscreen on your way to the beach and you're kind of stoked to hear it because you're like, that was a fun day. Even subconsciously, obviously, we're not, like, firing that quickly as human beings but then I think with the playlist like what Honor was saying after you've listened to it a number of times it's starting to remind you of the last time you heard it or whatever so it's like oh yeah like last time I put this on I was dancing around my kitchen and that was like a super fun day and so that becomes its own cycle of memory as well so I think that you're right like I don't think we're supposed to just stay in that loop like I think music is supposed to break you out of it a little bit and I think that's why even artists that have albums with big themes they're not all for the most part like all ballads or all like one style of or like even like I know Bon Iver like does a lot of stuff about the environment but they're not all like the same song about the environment you know what I mean yeah I feel like I mean and I'm not sure like uh, I do know big bands still do this with albums I don't know how many artists really even care about doing like albums the way that like albums I guess we're like at one point, but I do feel like whenever there's like an album that like you love listening to and there's like, it's like, a, it's like reading a good book, mm-hmm. but not, it's not like you're watching like the rainfall for like two hours. You know what I mean? You're like watching mm-hmm. the whole day progress. Right. So yeah. it's like, I, uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say. I lost my train well, of thought. My, my question for everybody and honor, we will tell you because you're we're looking at your chart, but where is Neptune in everyone's chart? What house? The eight, because I also the think six. that that speaks to like the role of music, like in uh, not like the role, but like honor, for example, has uh, Neptune the in the third house which to me is what you're talking about, kind of like where it is a whole day sort of thing, but also it's not meant to be like third house is your like short distance travels, your day, your neighborhood, you're like walking around your siblings, you're this, that it is a little bit more, that to me speaks to a more kind of like lived in music experience where it's like um, a little bit like kind of what Stevie was saying is these like, um, I heard this today and that's today. Like it's just kind of going on in the background throughout. Not that it's not important, but just like music is meant to be kind of like sporadically heard all day. Uh, Lisa, you have it in the eighth Mm -hmm. and you have all these secret playlists. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's that. I I think it's that. No, uh, uh, it can be very varying and deep and, and shallow and you know, all of that can, 
kick up old stuff or whatever. I mean, if anyone really wanted to see the playlist, I would show it. It's not like a secret. No, it's just that it's pretty embarrassing when it's like a song from Hamilton next to like, you know, some rap song or something. It's like, I don't know, strange. Hashtag? No, exactly. But that's very, I love it. Hashtag screenshot your bank account challenge has now been up to the hashtag (laughs) screenshot your most playlist. Your most embarrassing playlist. Your most embarrassing playlist. And then Stevie, where are you at your sixth house? Sixth house. So like now, like thinking of it like that, which is like that day-to-day sample, like truly sampling of like, of going about and just noticing when, I don't know, like those things when things sync up and you're like, I can't believe I can hear this here. And also y'all know I'm like eagle ears in like a CVS. Like I can hear a song that's on half a decibel. Like I can like, Oh, that's uh eagle eye cherry. Like I can hear it. Like mm. I'm always really good at hearing and to name that tune. So it's like, and I'm not afraid to Shazam in public. That's oh, I'm not an incredible hey. talent. I have to say because I so many times I've been, and I'll just I've just realized that this is like who I am. I've been somewhere and someone's like, "Is this whatever?" And I'm like, I literally cannot. Like I can hear it fine. <laughs> the volume is fine. And I'm like, I can't hear the song. I have no people are too many people are talking. Like I have no idea what anyone is saying or what instruments are playing. <laughs> Whoa, well that's interesting. Now thinking of it in your third too is like this like small community thing but the third's also the mental space so maybe if it's like if and it's like these it can be this like nervous system sort of place so if it's not connecting and not on it's like I don't fucking know like who knows and yeah Neptune is such a blurrer anyways um so that's I don't, that's like just when you said that I was like oh, that is very third that's just connected to this third house energy um I was thinking of Ooh, fun. Um, Julia yours is in the fourth Literally, it looks like conjunct my IC yeah. and conjunct my moon. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much like this is for feeling. This is a uh, like uh, it's reminding you maybe of past. Like here's a question. Yes. Yeah. it's very very nostalgic and very evocative for me. So if it's too if it's something that I listen to during a really painful time, I cannot listen to it, or else I am like right back there. Do you listen to music that your parents listen to? Like, do you listen to stuff you grew up with as a fourth house yes, person? Yes, definitely. I, not, not necessarily a parental association, but grew up with for sure. And I love, I absolutely adore, like, revisiting things, going back. It's very, it's a very easy kind of, like, nostalgia gateway for me. Absolutely. And I love oh. a, a, yeah, throwback. One of the things that I love about the four of us is that I think we do all have similar tastes as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, like, the, I can make fun of something to you guys without you having heard it. And I think you will understand. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, I can, like, tell you, like, oh, like, if you guys said, like, oh, this band's cool, I would listen to it. Whereas some people, I wouldn't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yes. True. A, a trusting, loving space. I also feel like, yeah. Well, and when, not that the taste is defined, but like y'all are more open. Like, I think there's some people I know who are hard and fast in what they like. And I feel like y'all have the sampling capabilities to like, who knows, my friend. Oh, is that a selfie? Because I was probably talking about like, oh, yeah. so I will. <laughs> 
Posing. Cuties. The Libra Sorry, Rise. we had to take a pic. The Libra Rising popped out. Okay. But honor. <laughs> honor. Being, you're a Leo stellium. Leo sun. Mars, natal Mercury, retrograde. Do you know what a stellium is? Do you, do you I know don't. what that means? No. It and means I, a concentration I to get to that episode because it seemed really important. <laughs> and I hadn't. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. It just means a concentration of three or more planets in the same sign or house. And you have both the 10th house and leo which i yeah. love leo in the 10th for being a musician i also love pisces in the fifth house mm-hmm. even though the cusp is technically an aquarius i think those are both great for a musician I, and your cancer venus i'm just yes. curious if you feel like growing up and i love just knowing where because i feel like we've all like read magazines and whatever and usually a lot of our gateway and then like knowing about our sign is fairly same ish but like with Leos, because I feel like Leos and Cancers are typically like, I don't know, I'm not a Leo, but I feel like you're very, I feel like I've heard you ride hard for being a Leo queen relating to Leo energy. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. But like, do you feel, do you relate to what Leo information is out and about? I do. I feel like I do more so now as an adult as I did when I was younger, because I remember like when I found out about like when you're I don't remember how old I was, but you remember like when you're a kid and you find out about like astrology and like how cool it is. And I remember finding out that I was a Leo and being like, wow, I'm a Leo. (laughs) And then people started saying like really mean things about Leos. Oh, And I was like and and then or like you read you read further and you're like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Like Leos are selfish and stubborn and they're egomaniacs. And like, (laughs) I never felt like that. And I was always like growing up, I was like, I'm not like, I guess I'm a Leo, but I just don't feel like a Leo. Mm. But, but now that I'm, but I did always feel like, I guess the positive attributes of being a Leo And I, now that I'm an adult, I do realize that like, it does just cause you're, you know, they tell you what is in a Leo. doesn't mean like that's who you are. It's just like, those are attributes that like you are uh, susceptible of falling into, like if they're negative, you know, and Mm -hmm. then the positive ones are like, you could potentially be more that like easily. Um, So it's not always this or that. And I also feel like as I've gotten older, I I've learned like more positive attributes of being a Leo or some from before that I like didn't really think about, or I didn't feel that way that like now that I'm an adult, I'm like, Oh, actually, yeah, I'm like really great at like, like I used to be um, a manager at a restaurant and I feel like, Oh, I'm a great leader. Like I think, and I've always kind of felt like I've been good at like being in charge of things or I've wanted to be in charge of things. But as growing up, doing them a little bit more I'm like oh I am really good at like taking lead Mm -hmm. I can see that for sure I also think that and maybe this is just everyone but I do think that the astrologers of the day in whenever we were I don't even want to say what year growing up (laughs) um I feel that they hated fixed signs Mm. I feel that they always were like calling all Scorpio Aquarius Taurus and Leo, stubborn, hard to deal with, like all that kind of stuff. And I feel like they gave so much shine to the mutables. So that's just me. I'm just throwing it out there. I can't, I can't deny it because I've, I've 
often told people where I'm like reading about Sagittarius is like a very easy sign to be like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like when you read about what how they describe Sagittarius, uh, I'm like, yeah, it's not surprising to me at all that I got into astrology because it's very easy to be like, oh, what a fun sun sign. Whereas there are other signs that I think are, yeah, absolutely are not as looked on as kindly. And I think that part of that is the like, our societal associations with the things that like with the cliches of fixed signs that like people just don't, I think don't know how to uh, like frame in a positive way, even though they are absolutely positive, but it's more of like a contextual thing because like you always say, Lisa, of like the, Oh yeah. Like being stubborn is a quote unquote bad thing until you are being stubborn on behalf of someone else. And then you want someone who's, who is I do think Who is- that that happens to fix signs more because I think like with mutable, we could easily say flaky and no one ever does. And yes. they always take the pot like you're so you can just change. And it's like, well, that's not good when it's uh, changing our plans last minute or you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think like certain ones we have been trained that these are good qualities and these are bad qualities. And it's like any too much of anything can be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I, do. I I also I also want to say on Sagittarius about Sagittarius. I love Sagittarius. I feel like whenever I meet someone and I have like an instant connection and I'm like obsessed with them, I'm like, what is it about this person? And then I, and then eventually like I learn that they're a Sagittarius and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because <laughs> I do think also Leos and Sagittarius like go well together because oh, you just want to burn the world down together. Mm-hmm. But but I but I also have to say what you're talking about about like how you call like Leo stubborn and you're like I remember the first time I read about Sagittarius I'm like oh wow they're like basically like a better Leo like they have like (laughs) better virtues than Leo's but now that I'm older and I spend like I have what I want in my life and I see my Sagittarius friends like I'm not saying that this is bad on on them but there are things about Sagittarius like one big thing for me is like the main difference between Leo's and Sagittarius is Leo's all about like kind of like building a home and like set like not settling down but like kind of like there's something about like really like creating like a a, a place the and lion's the, den and yeah and like really like defending it mm-hmm. and not wanting to like go somewhere else that like I feel a lot about as being a Leo, that Sagittarius are all about like moving on to the, something new constantly. And I see that with my oldest Sagittarius friends, how like it's so easy for them to do that. And that's like, I think a really good thing. But also like for me, I'm like, oh yeah, like I would hate that. And and also like, it's hard for them to settle down. Like I do see my friends that are getting older and like they have like longtime partners now and they are having like a really difficult, I have a couple that are like having a really difficult time, like just being with them and like just being there and staying there and like being happy about it, which I'm like, well, maybe, you know, that's a blessing and a curse now that we're older. Yeah. Well, that it's the same thing as like, uh, uh, the flaky example where it's like, yeah, like you probably get over breakups a lot easier, but like then it's harder for you to stay and so like how do we judge which is right like there's no right way right, <laughs> right so exactly. it's like we, we have right to with... present it in a way that is both things are okay 
which it doesn't get presented that way all the time. I agree. Well, especially when we were younger, well, I think the horoscope magazines were very like, yeah, just like rude. Yeah, <laughs> for the they were most just part. like they would basically like just diss each. I feel like each sign they would like diss them. Pretty much, it's like I'm gonna neg you and have something for your friends to go. You are stubborn. You are this. You are yeah. that. And it's like, you know, that can be when you're a young woman who is fixed and sure and decisive then you're told to be more flexible and get with the program and go with the flow. And you're like, actually, I'm like, no, I have fucking boundaries. And I'm like a little tough bitch. Like, so those, I think that language, I think when we're kids could be like, you know, go one way harmful or not. And it sucks for the fixed ones where it is really rooted. And because yeah, like saying someone's flaky is like, I don't think to me feels as harmful as saying like, you're stubborn, you're bossy, you're impossible to work with. That's like, what the fuck? (laughs) yeah yeah and also you should be bossy everyone should be like especially when it comes to your boundaries and when it comes to like your life you should that is something that we do need to find a word to say like because I think we have tried with girl boss and stuff like that (laughs) to like but it's like that doesn't change the connotation at all of the word and like no, it brings the word no. down, actually. But <laughs> I, yeah, but I will say that, like, I feel like I guess now that we're talking about this, I hated all those negative connotations um, when I was young. But now I'm like, I view them in a different way. Like, I am bossy. I'm a huge bitch. And <laughs> I am very picky. And um, I'm a little pushy. But that's because I know what I want. I know how to get it. I le- I'm good at being in charge. And usually I know how to do things correctly. So if you don't like it, you're going to have a hard time like working with me. And I'm not saying that in a way where like when I say like I'm a huge bitch, I'm not like awful and mean to people, but like I respect myself and I respect others and I don't let anyone who's being like awful stand in the way of like me and the people around me that I care about succeeding or just living their lives. I wonder if because... When we were talking earlier about your moon, I had Googled uh, natal moon conjunct north node. And because some of the things you were talking about with your moon uh, or with routine and stuff, that's like all kind of north node stuff, which means like you're really working towards that path of like, yeah, like I, I think I enjoy routine. And, and I think that's good because, you know, you you have Saturn and Pluto and Scorpio and those can be a little bit restrictive and feel a little bit more day to day, I guess. Um, but one of the things that came up for moon conjunct north node is psychic ability. And, um, I think that's interesting as far as like, uh, saying like, I, I inherently know how to do this correctly because I think that is a huge ability, like a huge, like something not a lot of people have. And, um, basically like the thing that I found just said that because the, moon is so conjunct the north node it's it's that idea of your emotions being super heightened and strong and uh that if it gets distorted it goes in the direction of like in a a good way it would be imagination in a negative way paranoia what do you think of that (laughs) (laughs) um I, I feel what you're saying. That's really interesting. And it's and it's true. Like I do, I am working towards being on a schedule because I do think that routine is really good for me. 
and it helps me get a lot done, which makes me feel, and I don't mean like production wise, productiveness wise. I mean like, uh, like creative wise or like the things that I want to get to in my day, you know, Mm -hmm. like I always feel like if I write like half a song and I don't do anything else in the day, or if I spend a day running errands and like doing work, like, like I always feel better if I write a half a song, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but for me, routine is like waking up, moving my body, you know, like eating food that's going to make me feel good and like doing something creative, you know, for me, I'm like, I try not to, to really like stress about like what exactly it is I have to do. Cause I've realized like, no matter what you do creatively, it's always like a gateway to more creativity and you feel better. Um, so like, yes, I feel that. I also feel what you're saying about like, and <laughs> yeah, like I, I do have a huge imagination. I do feel like I inherently know how to do things the best way. And it doesn't mean that like, I know, like I can just like, don't have to read books. I just know how things work. I just mean like, I'm a problem solver and it's taken me like a really long time in my life to be a really good problem solver, but I'm great under stress. I like, I know this from like many experiences of like high stress situations where I was like, whoa, how did I just do that? And then um, I think also like being a manager at a restaurant teaches you a lot about grace under fire and um you know, like doing things right and problem solving. So for me, yeah, I agree. I do have a huge imagination. That also helps me problem solve. That also helps me like inherently know how to do things because I can figure it out for myself usually. Do you feel psychic? Do you feel paranoid? (laughs) I feel, I don't feel, well, yes, I do. (laughs) I get a little paranoid sometimes. So that makes sense. And, um, like not always, but well, I think the, the everybody has like a healthy paranoia. Well, that's when you're not creating. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not using that brain for the thing that you use it for. Your brain's like, ooh, let's see. Let's like tell you that someone hates you, you know? Like, <laughs> well, you, you are creating just in the... Right. Creating using your, your own, evil. In the, your own like, neurosis. Yeah, in the, <laughs> in the void or whatever, creating stories that maybe aren't aren't there. But I think that that North, knowing the, even just like the phrase, I kind of know how to do things. It doesn't mean that you, like you said, that you're like, oh, I don't, I can't be taught or I can't like process new information. But I think North Node conjunct the moon very much is about trusting your own knowing. And when you know, if you sense that something isn't right for you, or if you sense that like, this isn't the way that this is, that needs to be done for me, especially in Taurus, where it's the most kind of sensual and and grounded in its like feelings and the the nourishing of things where it's like you can tell that something's not right when it's not right. Yeah. And and there is nothing more maddening or gaslighty or anything than someone saying your knowing is incorrect when you know that you know and it's yeah. like a thing that someone t- is telling you is wrong but you know like you're like how could you possibly tell me that this is wrong? I know it. Like, it's like, it's like kids that grew up with technology versus like our parents who didn't where it's like, yeah, like my mom is so afraid to press a button on something because she thinks the whole thing's going to crash or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, no, like you just know there are certain things that you don't ever like you don't ever shut off while it's not saved or whatever. Like there's certain things that like you just know like the main things. It's not like you never turn it off. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my example. Speaking on 
and also speaking on those instincts, I think that's a thing that like all of us women struggle with because we we live in the society where like men run it and they tell us that like our psychic abilities and what I mean by psychic abilities is like I guess intuition and our like instincts and like I do think like women are inherently like so incredibly intuitive I'm sure some more than others but like I think that that it's like women are like I've had so many friends that are just like I just know something's wrong I grew up in a household where like when I was a kid uh like someone in the family or someone like close to us would die and all of the women in the family would wake up like my mom I woke up like when my like this is sounds crazy but like when my dad passed away we weren't living together and he was like not close with my family anymore but like my mom and my grandma both woke up my aunt drove to our house like she would she woke up and like came over because she's like I just feel like something awful happened she called my mom and grandma were awake so she like drove over and my other two aunts called the house what like, that, I, and I've had this not a lie I called yeah. my mom the second my dad died and wow. my when my one of my best friends in college died and it was like four in the morning and I woke up out of nowhere and I got a call like a minute later and my roommate was in New York visiting family and she woke up as well and I called her and she was awake so it was like I do think women have like that intuition of sometimes like and yeah. and like you know it's not, I, I didn't go like I think my friend died <laughs> like I didn't you know yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. what it was but it, I we, woke up yeah I think mm-hmm. that that's that's like I think a lot of people's um journey in life is to like just trust it even if you don't know what it means well and for me also that has been like my life like like people that have just been like you have to trust your instincts more I have so many girlfriends who are just like I think something is going on with my partner or I just feel like something is gonna happen and then like whatever like they were obviously incredibly correct I just think that like what you were saying before like when you know you know and I think that especially as kids we are told that that is not real and maybe because men it's not as easy for them to have like they don't they don't have that inherently going on. So like, they just don't understand. So it's like this quality, I think that like a lot of women possess that I also do that. I think that it's just like when you nourish that and you can call it psychic ability or like intuition or like whatever you want. I do feel like when you nourish that, like your life does exponentially get better because you're like just more in tune with who you are and in yourself and the, and your surroundings too, you know, well, a lot of that I think well, has to do with like, there's men that could, though. We yeah. all have the feminine in us. But yeah. for women, most of the time, we find other women and we, you know, watch the craft and like witch stuff and then like and know that. And if we're lucky, have other women around us that go, no, don't don't go away from these feelings, their information. And a lot of the times in our society, be it toxic masculinity, be it whatever, that is discouraged in men to feel those emotions, to work off that, like, to work off that info. And um, I know we've all, like, bitched about it in group texts where it's, like, women can work from also a place of crisis and chaos where it's, like, what if everything goes wrong? I'm going to think about things from, you know, A, B, and C, where I think a lot of times men can typically just go, like, no, I'm going with my plan. It's A, and that's what will work. And it's, like, 
we all like you know shake our hands at this guy and go that's not how life works you <laughs> fucking idiot well, well, can... i mean it's the same thing i work at the same places as my boyfriend and i ask him for advice at work a lot like oh hey should i ask the manager this or like when's a good time for me to send this email or whatever and he'll be like oh, he's like, you don't need to say that. Just say, like, you need this day off. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting, but women can't do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, no, I have to ask or else, like, I'm a cunt. And I'm, like, asking, like, I'm demanding that somebody give me a day off. When it's like, I'm, I have to be, like, updated availability, <laughs> exclamation, you know what I mean? Like, where he can just be like, oh, yeah, I can't work. Like, and, <laughs> and, like, and, and, like, the same thing, like, a lot of people at my work wear shorts, because it's hot and we're outside and like you know the first like two and a half weeks I was like I haven't seen any of the women wearing shorts and I feel really uncomfortable because I'm the fattest one there so I don't really want to be the one (laughs) that starts the shorts trend and gets everyone (laughs) in trouble because they're up my ass somehow and he's like just wear shorts it's fine and I'm like he's like everyone does I'm like all the guys do that's different like yeah our boss wears them but he's a guy so it's like if something happens, like, it's going to be me. It's going to be on me. And I have to, like, for some reason, speak for all the women in that scenario. And it's like, of course, now I'm wearing shorts to work and everything's fine. But it's, it is a bit of a, because we grew up with school where it's like dress codes for women were different than men. Like, all that kind of yeah. stuff is so ingrained where it's like, yeah, I'm scared to wear, like, a tank top. Well, I think there's a difference between the, like, the encouraging of, the more intuitive way, which is like feeling out, but it's also like processing information in a different way where I think that men are taught, are socialized more to like have action oriented thinking and behavior where, where it's like women are encouraged to be perceiving and, and constantly taking in and kind of creating things that aren't there or whatever, or even like the, the distinction between like uh hunting and gathering it's like hunting is you see a thing and now you know what the action is but gathering is like you're looking around and you're like can we use this can we do this it's like this more i don't know variables testing yeah all of these things and it's also like you have to even like look behind things and look and like oh this is hard on the outside but is there something in there so it's just there's there's all of this stuff that I think if you are socialized to be more action oriented you see this pile and you're like oh that's a pile I don't see anything that I can like stab in that so therefore it's not it's not useful but there is all of these things and even in answering a question of saying like well I don't want to be perceived as a bitch in this scenario because I want a future situation where I can ask for this thing. This isn't just about getting the day off. This is about creating an environment right. where I'm able to communicate. Like where he didn't feel yeah. like he did me a favor or something, you know? Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's not like a the immediate thing. This isn't just about crossing that off. It's about all of this stuff. And I think that that is something that men not to gender it too much because again, like you said, there's, we all have these qualities and, and abilities to kind of, meld the two of them but it is like I think astrology in general where it's like just because you can't it can't answer an immediate question like this thing doesn't mean it doesn't have value and that there isn't things to be explored or learned or or grown from these kinds of experiences 
I, yeah, I think that also like what you're saying, what you were all talking about, it, like it's all like societal too. Mm-hmm, like yeah. whether or not this is like it's easier for men or easier for women or whatever. Like it's e- I do think it's easier for women, but I also think that that's like societal. And I and I, it goes back to like I think the whole idea of like people saying that like girls mature faster than boys and like you know like when um like baby like when kids and people are babies like men or boys can like they're usually like walking first and getting up and like using their hands and grabbing things and running around and they're like super active but girls are talking first and so I think that that's this whole like idea of like even though like girls are just verbalizing first it doesn't mean that like women are like they like they can't function in life for the rest of their lives, you know. So they why just are lay down? Yeah, it's like that's, <laughs> women don't just like fall over all the time. Like, why are we putting this huge emphasis on like because girls can speak not even words, just like <laughs> use their voices first? Like that that all of a sudden like women are more, more mature than men. So it's like this whole thing where like like you're saying like Scott just saying I need this day off, like he could just like write I need this day off like uh, a freaking caveman and send the email and And he does yeah and the and the manager will be like okay this is an acceptable email from a man but if you were to just like write I need this day off they'd be like why is this woman just saying she needs a day off why hasn't she composed why didn't she ask written email where she begs my permission to do something and have an emoji and a heart and a smiley face in it and and it's like an exclamation points yeah well women's (laughs) tones are to be taken as usually bitchy where men don't get tone police or like any of those sorts of things it's just like a rare occurrence and even i mean obviously we're in a very not as mature well and that's the thing and they're from mars and we're from venus oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that board game was problematic as all fuck but it's the same like when i've told my therapist like i was always a little adult i would sit with the adults my mom always said i was like a 21 year old in a 10 year old's body and she's like that's fucked up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is <laughs> fucked up. Like, yes, it's great to like um, encourage that, you know, that adult uh, thirst to learn and to be social and to be mature, but to not other women and other young girls to say you are an adult. Because guess what? When you think you're a little adult when you're 13, who do you then want to hang out with? Adult, maybe some young adult, adult. men and some young adult. Like, it's just like a tricky, slippery area. And also, especially now with like, what the fuck is even gender that's why i'm saying like i'm i just hope to for any you know men folk listening who feel intuitive or feel like very different in their time like i think this is the time where we can stop like being like yeah the men are from mars women are from venus right because i think we can all channel venus we can all channel mars we can be i'm caveman give me a day off but well that's, that's what a lot i was of work. trying to say on the live too is like toxic masculinity exists in female bodies as well and in non-binary people and in cisgendered people and trans people alike like we can all embody those qualities and I know I can think of a woman that I've seen like slap like so often people like partners friends and like hard you know and it's like that's the same thing as like violence is dominance. Like that's the same thing as like, you're trying to prove that you're like the whatever. And it's like, you don't hit people. Like you just don't. And it does, it's not a thing that you're, you're like, 
people are like, ow, or that hurts or whatever. But it's like, hey, like, you're trying to like assert yourself in a situation and do it confidently. Do it with boundaries. Do it in a way that makes people respect you instead of saying, ugh, that person's always throwing their arms around, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing. I think I agreed with both where it's like, this is this is advice for all all people where it's the same thing as like, just because this is easier for you or you've been socialized in this way, that doesn't mean that there isn't value in the other way of doing things and that you aren't capable of this. Just because it's accept- more acceptable for men to shoot off curt, short texts doesn't mean that you also can't be like, hey, just so you know, I have this thing coming. Yeah, Yeah. like, you also have the capability to be friendly and, like, zhuzh up your words a bit. And and the same thing, you know, too, where it's like, we also can be direct, and I think that it is a lot of internalized stuff, too, because it's like, you don't, we, I think we also are in the thing of you talking about kind of the paranoia thing of being opposite creativity, where it's like a lack of tone also doesn't necessarily indicate a problem, but we are taught because, oh, because women are normally good at this. If you don't have a tone, like, oh, now you have a curt tone. So something's wrong. It's everybody can develop both things and, and see, again, it's just seeing the value in, in both of them and the time and the place and, and that either, neither one is better or worse or for one gender. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it just is. I yeah, I've, ask I've, honor. Oh, go ahead. Before you go on, I do want to say too, that like, I encourage you to like write a curt email, but like in I, a I friendly don't. tone, you don't have to, but I've, I, I'll like do when it I was person. saying, Oh, that's good. When yeah. I was, when I was saying like earlier, like I'm a huge bitch, like, I have worked on that my whole life. Like I was like <laughs> such a pushover for so long. Cause I was like the people pleaser um, and like the, like the family pleaser, you know? And so I was, I, I have worked so hard to be the person who like, doesn't care about everyone else's like managing everyone's feelings and cares about me and like my feelings and my like life. So, and I have really worked on like not, overdoing it with like my tone with people and like my emails and all that the texts and all this stuff so I and I like have been like in my mind it's like every time I do it I clock it like are they gonna take this the wrong way oh well and it's never a problem so I just feel like I think that feminine people like should like work on it more if they want because I haven't run into any problems yet and it does make me feel better about myself because <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I do information rather than like begging I do feel like in person is much easier for me but via email I'm always like ah there's a paper trail let it be oh look how kind and polite she always is on the thing so that's fine with me I also I don't mind Ooh, I like that. I love writing um, but I, w- I wanted to talk about your Jupiter in Aquarius retrograde and in opposition to your Leo stellium and in the fourth house, I am curious how you <laughs> have fun. What is your, what is your definition of fun? Oh, uh, uh, what is fun? I guess fun for me. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, <laughs> what is fun? I, it's, I, I, her answer I've, on Jeopardy. I've never like thought about like what is fun. Um, but I guess for me, fun is 
like I, if I could think of like the best day ever, uh, maybe like, uh, well, one of them is sleeping for sure. Uh, getting like getting good rest, feeling, feeling good, feeling, um, nourished. I love to eat. Um, but also like if I eat unhealthy, like I don't feel good. So I guess like nourishing myself correctly, um, moving my body. Like I know like Lisa, we're both, we both love to swim. Yeah. Like if I could like, if I could curate my perfect day, I'd probably like wake up in the morning, have some like a light, like nourishing breakfast, go swimming for a while, do something creative. And then I'd probably like throw a party, but like not a rager like okay I love this because I do like ragers but I would I in the parties that I love the most are like where everyone that I I guess I just like get married again like (laughs) (laughs) like our wedding party was perfect um at like a small intimate place probably my house but like you know my apartment house um but if I had like a nice size house like ideally my house with like plenty of food and drinks and like this whatever so we want. and then like I get I get time it, it gives me time to like be around everybody like check in with people that's like truly like the most fun thing and then like you know have great conversations that's probably mm-hmm. like perfect fun day I love it and uh, I think that the fourth house stuff is very uh, having a party at the house, all my friends, my family hanging out, getting married again. <laughs> and then I think the Aquarius, it is somewhat the water bearer. Okay. So the swim stuff. Fourth house, I can see being the nourishment, feeling good. Uh, the I can also see Aquarius being obviously the conversation aspect, but moving your body some because we talk about like the lightning. So to me, it tracks. I think it's also like the Aquarius curation thing of like being able to see your like collection of people, not in a, not in a possessive way, but in a like, Oh, look at the, like the, my compendium of friends the that, world are, that I are all here and we're all, yeah, we're all around each other and we all are like gathering all of this thing. You know, Aquarius is so like scientific and always getting information and keeping lists and, and, uh, curating in that way too so that to me is very like I want to see Jupiter expanding the like friend group and you like you said to have like getting to talk with each of them that also is so Aquarian to me of like um, is I do think Jupiter and Aquarius is like a party where you have a one-on-one conversation with each person like speed dating style <laughs> like you have a, a, a good meaningful like three minute conversation with each person bopping around which is such a wedding setup where it's like you have to you have to like greet everyone that's there but they all are there by virtue of being important to you so it's like oh we don't have to it's not like pleasantries it's like oh I'm so glad you're here isn't this a fun thing that we've made Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was like I will say like my wedding night was like the best like the whole day was like the best day of my life. Like I had like a lot of important people like at the house, like obviously like family and stuff and like fr- family friends at the house beforehand and then like when we had the party, it like started off nice and cuz it was just at the that small bar, it was nice enough to just have like people there to like have little conversations with and then it just turned into like a huge raver 
rager and it was like literally everyone that I love in one room and we were all just like enjoying having fun and like being around each other like that's uh yeah that to me is the most fun thing ever yeah that sounds cool I love wedding soup weddings are I used fun. to hate them I used to hate them me too but like then I'm but now I'm like it I mean I guess I just like hated like the weddings that I don't know people at Mm-hmm. I also that's not really loved fun. funerals, which I think as a child, which I think is not good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think they don't I, let I, your kid love funerals. I think there's something, though, to be said for that. And maybe this isn't the thing, but I think funeral and wedding have a lot in common oh, yeah. in the like kind of experience and the way that you I think that it's easy to like hate both of them if you haven't been to good ones of of either and I think that like the same things that make a good sorry like a good funeral but it is like uh you know there's like the ceremony stuff but really it's about feeling that you are surrounded by people who care about the thing and I think that's like what happens at a good wedding too is like when you can tell people are excited for the people getting married and the people getting married like are happy like like you just said where it's like oh my god it's all these people that I love here in this thing you can tell when people are just like putting on a show and versus like funeral after party things like a reception funerals almost always have some kind of crazy drama that happens at least in my family (laughs) and it's like real housewife style fight that goes down plus they're all like middle eastern and I, I don't know if this is across culture, Middle Eastern. I don't want to stereotype, but uh, I do feel like in my family, at the very least, everyone puts on their most expensive jewelry because you can't like wear nicer, like because you have to wear like muted clothing or whatever. So it's always like these like gaudy like. <laughs> I'm gonna say something so horrifying but like animal like rings that are made of diamonds or you know what I mean where it's like oh yeah. this is like so sparkly and like everyone's about to pop off so well also it's like that's the place where it's like so it's like a like it's appropriate like at weddings and funerals to be like vulnerable which mm-hmm. I feel like you know especially in our society like nowhere else nowhere mm-hmm. else is it appropriate for you to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and so along with like the whole ordeal of like family dramas and this and that it's like yeah outside of these venues that would be like a crazy thing unless you're from my family and it's just like dinner um <laughs> it's just like the family got together for something and then it's like what you're saying the the uh the funerals are but I feel like that's a place where like people are allowed to be like vulnerable with at weddings and like cry and be happy and say you and love people like you're yeah, hugging you your know, friends mm-hmm. in a you know unless you're like rolling exactly. or tripping usually you don't have those occurrences of just like loving hard or appreciating yeah. people in that very what you're saying like in a very open way yeah and especially when people die like it's like yeah. this this thing where like uh Zed. And a lot of my friends, I was not friends with this person, but they had like a person that they were all friends and close with pass away recently. That was like really, they were like a really loved person. Like, and I was like, wow, I, I wish that I had known this person because it seemed like really wonderful. They brought a lot of people together and like almost everyone I know, like was affected by them in some way. And a lot, I see a lot of my friends saying like, make sure to like call your friends and tell them that you love them and all this stuff. And it's like, these are 
these are things that happen like when people die, right? Mm -hmm. That like now it's okay. It's appropriate to be like vulnerable with your friends and your family and people that you love and tell them that you do. I do think that it's like, I do think that it's like getting better, you know, in our society or whatever. And, and like, I try to be this way with my friends and like progress this way with my friends and loved ones and to always let them know how much I appreciate them. But it is a thing that like, specifically, I think at those two venues, that that is expected, you know, mm-hmm. so I feel well, like that's so funny. maybe that's why you love those place things so much too. Well, I was just thinking, I love, I love all of these things and I love like Vegas. And I think there's something <laughs> I'm like, to me, these are all the yeah. same thing where it's like just these heightened places where you can like go all out. And it is, yeah, that, I think what happens in Vegas I stays in Vegas. Well, you guys, I heard Vegas like, is so sad right now. I'm sure it would be devastating. But there's something to me, I'm like, I want to smoke inside and be drunk all day and, like, wear <laughs> crazy outfits all the time. But we can't do that because that's, like, not how the world works. And not everyone is, like, on that level. But I think when you are in these places, everybody is on the level and that's what it is where it's like you it's like yes we are all here and that's why you get a good funeral a good wedding when when you know everyone's on the same level mm-hmm. and you can tell when they're not and those are like stuff when when things are supposed to be that's like why someone who's like shitty in Vegas is like the worst <laughs> thing cuz it's like this is the yeah. one place where we're supposed to be on the same level if you can't get on the level here where we're all allowed to be on this level what the fuck are you doing with your life? And not vague. I don't mean like drinking and all of that too, but I, I think it's like someone who's not fun at a wedding. It's like, this is How? the safest place to be fun. How yeah. are you not like fun be uninhibited like, and like mm-hmm. allow yes. yourself to just like do the thing that you want to do the most. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know, and I know that this, again, this is complicated for people too. So I'm, these are my examples where I feel that way, but I think it's more just recognizing like, Oh, I love, I love when there's like, events or or spaces where people can feel that way and how do we create more of those in our life or how do we like look for how do we find value in that how do we seek it out and how do we encourage it in in Yo, other people it's called bernie man sign up next year just get your asses out in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing that i remember about like the wedding too that i wanted to say is i did spend a lot of the night trying to set my friends up oh like different friends with different like uh people like a from a horny perspective you mean yes okay because I love weddings or and I love my I was like and I've always said this like my dream is for like all of my friends to fall in love at my (laughs) wedding and then they get married and I'm Venus as fuck so that was, I think I was like, oh, this is, I feel like I've finally come into my own, like at the end of the night when I realized I spent like a lot of the night, like trying to set other people up and introducing people to other people. I was like, oh, this is definitely me. And this is very funny. That's hot. It's I like, like that. infomercial though for your skill where it's like, look at, <laughs> I'm married. Here's what I can offer you. <laughs> look what I have and you can have it too. Honor Cupid <laughs> Nezzo. Add it again. Um. But all these things, like, I feel like so much what we talked about from, like, this leadership and intuitiveness and, like, just being 
comfortable with the people in our spaces. Like, you know, like fixed again, doesn't want to feel like they have to eggshell around people too. Right. Like if you can't handle me at my Vegas, you don't deserve me on my like day to day or whatever at my wedding or at my funeral or whatever it is. Well, I'm at my funeral. Just like, are, are we participating? I do want to be like propped up on like Fucking dance on my grave loser. <laughs> but I was just, if you can't handle me at my Vegas. Fucking suck my dick. <laughs> I just love that your chart has so much that like is supporting like when I'm looking at this and looking at you and we're talking, I'm like, you just have so much squares going on that are our action. That's like doing stuff rather than just like letting it come to you. Like squares are invitation to go and do. And with this sun and it's nat- the natal Mercury and Mars together, it is very like I'm saying it and I'm doing it because it's all in conjunction together. So when you talk about like being the boss, like that's so, that so checks and fits and even your Cancer Venus, like, that's just such, like, a mom, like, love space. and But it's in this ninth that's, like, open to, like, going beyond and learning. So, there, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm just feeling all of this in your chart, especially with include in the first, too, which I feel like is just that what feels right. It's all very, like, bodily information mixed with lived experience and just, like, and then just people vibes, right? Like, it's all, it's, like, all this mix, like, going in together. I think too, like you have a lot of trines with your Uranus. So it's like, those are the spots <laughs> where when things get. <laughs> Sorry. I can't oh, God, no, it's fine. Yeah, right. baby. Um, it, like, it, it's those things that are surprises or when things get, um, you know, completely unearthed or like, like you said, when you're good under stress and like, those things just click for you. And that's also the placement you have in Sagittarius. And like those people tend to just click for you. And yeah, it can be a little disruptive, but at, in the end of the day, you have the trying there. You're able to just kind of sail it out. Hi. Well, yeah. That's cool. We could that talk. Makes, I mean, it's good to know that these are the things that I think I am that I, that maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're on, you're on, you're, you've lived your life long enough to know that, the information in your chart is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also funny, Stevie, that uh, you say that I have, like, mommy vibes because <laughs> I have a lot of friends who have said, like, like I don't want to have children. And I'm, like, I'm just very, like, I know that I don't want to have children and I'm, like, totally cool with it and it doesn't, like, bother me or or anything. And I have a lot of friends that are just, like, they're, like, I just can't believe that you're not going to be a mom one day. And I've but literally nice never though. in my mind thought that I was like a mom at all. You can be like, a mom without being I, a mom, and I think. Yeah, and ni- ninth house too, where your where your Venus is, is very. I think about like the uh, the ideals and the philosophy of that thing, not necessarily like the um, you like can like represent maternal, loving, caring, uh, safe you know nourishing energy as opposed to like i want to procreate mothering and procreating are different instincts yeah i think you're very like mom to your friends it sounds like too like setting them up and like you two should mingle is very like how much more mom can you like and we talk about leo kind of naturally having that parental looking over people you know not in like a shitty way but just in like a parental protective way in a parental like knowing sort of way I get that. I feel very protective of my friends always. Absolutely. To a, a point where it's like I think that uh, I I have learned to just kind of bite bite my tongue when my friends tell me their relationship problems. 
All right. It's come to that time. Yes, we, we have the game. game. I did a, a, like the quickest question, and it might there might not even be an answer sure. to this. For our theme song, are there any outtake lyrics that you remember that just did not fit in the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will say, yes, there were a lot. There were a lot that ha- that I was like, I was kind of like looking at different signs. And I was like, should I do like different signs for different stanzas? But then the the theme song that you guys have was it literally just like free flowed out of me that I was like, oh, this is this is great. And I just wrote it all down. And then I I just couldn't think of anything better. So that's what you have. It, well, it's perfect. Well, it's, yeah. it's perfect. So, there is nothing better. Exactly. That's that gut instinct, there baby. Isn't. Hell yeah. I love that. I do want to write, and I, I know I was talking to Stevie about this. I want to write like a full song for you guys yes. so that you have like a full song too. But it was just such a, like, it was just like a such an in the moment thing that I did that like now every time I sit down to do it, I'm like, I just don't. Like, I have no idea to go where to go with it. So it'll happen. It just like, I just feel like I have to like, yeah. let it happen. I think it is a full song. Yeah, how it is nice. too. It's like a yeah. short yeah. punk, like beautiful. I mean, again, I've texted you this a million times. How many people are like, where can I stream this? Like, and I'm like, at the beginning of every episode of What's Your Sign? <laughs> listen, listen to it all the way to yeah. the end, baby. We, we got to not ever release a stream because that's just going to give our episode numbers more if they just tune in for the song. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, and I think exactly. People, and people do. It's, it's, it's like truly when everything was coming together for the pod, when we heard this song, it just was like, wow. This is, again, you're the fourth voice. Everyone knows you. Everyone loves you. The song is perfect. Okay. True. This song. Makes Absolutely me so happy. essential. What's your song? Okay, so we have a fucking big three, Mary Fuck Kill. And so we're going to go with different celeb type people with your placements. Okay. And Can I ask a question first? Of course. Yes. So like the thing about this, this game has always, I don't, like I've always not understood this game. Oh. So like o- only because when you fuck the person, you can only fuck them. Oh, this has and been a, this is a point of contention. Is, We've talked okay. about this a lot. Is it like okay. a one-time fuck, or is it like they're your fuck you buddy? Can, you get to decide. Someone brought up a past guest said that they thought of when you said fuck that that meant like you fucked them only them for the rest of time, like that that's the only person. I yeah. have always perceived it as a one-time thing, as in is as in that is different than the person that you marry who you absolutely have the option to fuck, but you might not want right. to, but you'd rather enter into a contractual obligation with them. But you still have the option to have like a marriage with them. It just doesn't right. connote that the same way that fucking does connote fuck. Yeah. Like you yeah. get to fuck the person. You get to fuck yeah. them. It, but you rather than spending the rest of your life time. Yeah. Or, or one time. Okay, got it. I I'm, think I'm of it as a, I think of it as a one and done. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's dealer's it, choice, and I think it depends on who the person is, too, and also, at least in my mind, when I'm like, if it's someone good, obviously you're like, yeah, I fucked them forever. And, and also killing to me for, for kill, I never imagined it as, like, I'm the one that has to, like, stab them. Murder I just them. imagine they disappear, no. right? Like, yeah, they just I disappear. imagine yeah, they get, exactly. like, Thanos-level, like, Marvel. Yeah, just it's just gone. It's gone. Yeah. You're just gone. Nah, got it. 
So nothing, nothing violent or or awful. I mean, you could, I guess. It's your rules in your own brain. Depends okay. on who. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the first round will be some Leo Sun Taurus moons, but I do just want to share. We have one person that a celebrity I could find that shares your big three. And oh. Once you see who we're playing with in the Leo Sun Taurus moon, it's just so fascinating. But you share a big three with Monica Lewinsky. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, I can totally see that. Yeah, and I mean, what a like, I fully what a like. Story. I listen to like a couple podcasts on her. Wow, I can fully see that. Like, I did you listen to the, the slow burn tr- one? No, yeah, but I will. That one's I really good. So good. But I definitely understand the attraction to like a super powerful man, like not feeling like you can like have a voice, and also the like being like a fucking idiot when you're a kid. <laughs> let's not forget she was like a child she was a kid she yeah. was an intern she was a fucking yeah. intern and then but like people also think i think like when i was a kid and i was hearing about this i i remember thinking like oh yeah she's an intern at the white house she must be important yeah. she's like a fucking 20 year old or yeah. something right yeah. So, yeah she's just an intern and she's no she was no one special at the time they threw she her was, under the bus and she yeah. became a oh, punchline. they threw her so hard. Yeah. It's so listen. sad what they did to her. Open. Also, the dress. the dress. I remember thinking this blue dress was going to be so, like, gorgeous. Yeah, it was uh, like a, like a dinner dress. or whatever that, like, uh, really pop. It was yeah. really popular like back then. Like, strappy. Yeah, the bandage dresses. Yeah. But no, it was like a gap or something. It's horrifying looking. It's, it's like so ugly. <laughs> it's so ugly if you look it up. It's hideous. <laughs> So Monica Lewinsky right. shares your big three, and now Leo's on Taurus Moon, Bill Clinton. Oh my God! I know. I can't see that. Well, I guess maybe I can. I was like, I, I, I don't want to see it. I but just. It's have so to interesting it. thinking of it now. I think he's a Cancer rising. Uh, I can see that. So it's something. Oh. We're not playing with Monica, though. She can rest. So I'm just letting you know, you can share a big three with her. But this round will be Bill Clinton, Mick Jagger. Okay. And just felt like complicating it. Anna Kendrick. Oh, Oh, damn. This This is is a complicated round. This is really difficult. I really wanted to kill Bill Clinton until you said Anna Kendrick. Same. Fucking same. You're such a bitch. <laughs> All right. Um, so I like I have to kill Bill Clinton. I just have to. Like, there's just no getting around it. Unfortunately, I will marry Anna Kendrick and because wow. I want to fuck Mick Jagger. Okay. Moves like okay. Jagger, baby. I think I'm gonna <laughs> kill Bill Clinton too. I think it's just you I wanna kill Anna, but you just Unfortunately, have to kill Bill. Yeah, kill Bill. Yeah, he went to Uma Thurman Island. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was on the plane. So it's like that plane's going down. Also, Um, wait, you guys know who else was on the plane, right? Your boy Malcolm Gladwell, which I just found. I did not know that he's been on the Epstein plane. I will talk about it more off pod. I'm shook, and I'm gonna have to cancel him as well. No, I believe it. Well, um, sorry, anyway, I just learned there's this. more. I have now way more thoughts about okay. Um, so that plane's going down, and then <laughs> I am going to for sure, um, marry Mick Jagger because I think his house is way nicer than Anna Kendrick. So, um, I just I'm feel like fuck I could, Anna. just so 
like, I just want to clarify, though, like, I put a lot of work into everything that I do. And I don't think Anna deserves that. Whoa. Okay. So okay. I, I, like, I, I knew, could live in a I, loveless marriage or learn to love someone. Mm-hmm. But I like if I'm going to. I like if I, w- I want to have fun and I want to fuck Mick Jagger if I have to like live the rest of my life with Anna Kendrick. Mm. Honestly. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I knew she'd, pu- I knew she'd be a wrench in this puzzle. <laughs> I, right. I think I'm going to do the same thing as Lisa um, because I do, I mean, I want, I want the access that being Mrs. Mick Jagger provides. <laughs> like I'm, I'm as a business investment. that's absolutely what's happening obviously killing bill i'm gonna fuck anna kendrick uh and i'm probably not gonna like it you're not she's gonna cry i have a feeling (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't know if anyone's gonna come or have a good time um we'll probably end up just like singing (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be doing the cup song i'm sure that'll (laughs) make her orgasm though uh, I could be fun too. We'll play like one of those pitch perfect games where she like starts a song and then I come in. We'll get very like show tune nerd out. Um, but I don't have the time. Uh, I mean, Bill's got to go. I mean, come on. Like, fuck. He's a pedo. Pedo and uh, asshole. And again, after, you know, that deep discussion of Monica. <laughs> the way you just said pedo. So I, don't mean, I don't mean to laugh about it. So well, pedo. And I know that's like the hot you know term that everyone's using but like truly like epstein plate like that's all you need to know i think i'm gonna marry jagger he's gone i think they tour well it's different times now but like say this is a non-pandemic world they tour a lot so i'm getting a lot of a nice alone time in a nice house like lisa mentioned and um he married bianca jagger and we have the same birthday so maybe we'll just yeah you'll get on we'll get on that sounds nice and (laughs) we'll get on and anna kendrick Let's get drunk, Anna, and see what happens. Because I don't know. Yes, you're not my fave, but I don't. So some people you know, see something in you. Be, she also could be really fun. Like especially like there is like a sincerity and an earnestness to her. She could be fun. She probably would give it her all. Yeah, we could have a sloppy scissor and all move right. on. Um, and then some other mm-hmm. Leo Suntour's moons that could have been in the mix but weren't were Demi Lovato, Carl Young. Lil Uzi Vert, Deborah Messing, Elliot Smith, Kira Sedgwick, Catherine Hahn, Sir Mix-a-Lot, David Crosby, Dennis Leary, and KRS-One. Very, a very mixed bag of nuts, I'm going to say. Like, I was, every one that was like a Leo Suntour's I'm like, who are, like, it just was so varied and interesting. Uh, Leo Sun, Libra Rising. Again, with Risings, we don't get as many celeb options because we don't know a lot of the birth times. But we're going to play with these three men. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay. Can we kill them all? Kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) And the third one might be an indie darling. So if you have to Google, but I think everyone should maybe know. But so the first one is Edward Furlong. Oh, Uh, yeah. Okay. Second is Tom Brady, the football, the footballer. And the third is we're going to go with Lakeith Stanfield. I, uh, you know, bias. I was like, I don't know who. Either Edward Furlong like the, or... The name is familiar. Lakeith is from Atlanta. You know Lakeith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that monotone, like, well, monotone baby. Get out. Oh, okay. okay. I'll definitely marry him because he is, like, the most interesting and also, like, adorable. Um, I will... 
definitely murder Tom Brady or just kill. He can just die. Murder. Uh, Mary fuck uh, murder. <laughs> <laughs> First then, degree. Oh, <laughs> Edward Furlong. I mean, like I pro- I did at one point when I was a little kid, probably because you know he was so cute. Oh, I was like, you, wait, cool. you did? He saved already? the world. <laughs> From the Terminator. Yeah. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, he deserves it. I did not know who Lakeith or Edward were. And I'm jumping at the bit to murder Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> this he cheats a at his easier, job. He's going to cheat on you. It's like, what Whoa. is the point here? Um, then um, Lakeith, I get a better vibe of off of just the quick google i think i'm definitely more attracted to him however i think the edward furlong picks are it looks like they're all <laughs> the over court or something it yeah. looks oh, like no. not a good photo <laughs> well, he was so, the star of terminator 2 so right like, so that was a long long ago yeah, and, detroit rock, right. and detroit rock city he had like a little teen to early oh, 20s true, era and then if you google him 2020 versus like a and 99 and you're gonna get very different yeah yeah he results. i can see that there's some yeah but i do think i'm gonna go ahead and marry lakeith um he seems to be a bit more consistent google picks yeah. seem, seem a little bit more a little consistent more stable, i think yeah and um he doesn't appear to be in court as edward furlong does <laughs> in the first photo that comes up so i guess i am I mean, gonna have sex with edward I think that we sometimes come across rounds where there is, there are no wrong answers, but there are like right answers. And I do think that that is, this is the right answer. Um, As much as I do, I contemplate, I contemplated fucking Tom Brady. I will be honest. Um, I do think that the Patriots dynasty is, is intriguing. And I die just for being on the Patriots. Come on. But that's but I'm like I know I know that that is the right answer because there's no way he's good at fucking absolutely no way not, absolutely uh, no way. not a chance he's never even heard of going no. down on someone he did no. make out with his son from that one picture they were doing practice like mouth to mouth and it went viral but okay I'm off that I'm off and that he, he probably has like a lot of saliva in his mouth at all times too oh, I believe oh. it no but also if if you if there's one thing I know, it's that child actors are the most batshit people on the planet. Um, Edward Furlong is going to be a good like story, but I, there's you do not want to hang out with him longer <laughs> than like, a one night stand situation. Yeah. I can say that with absolute certainty. Um, Lakeith, though, absolutely marrying him, no question. Uh, Ed, here's a here's a Google image that just has text on it. Edward was looking bloated and unkempt outside a rehab center. (laughs) You're fucking that. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at that, but also Edward's fallen from he's fallen from grace, but he's 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 doing the um he's doing the the conferences and you know pandemic, but he's he's on the up. He's coming back. And which you know we want I I want him to do well. Like I'm rooting for Edward. I I really love for him to come back. I always feel like what I. I like because you know you're always like rooting for the underdog but I whenever I hear of like someone who has like fallen from grace and like come back and become a good person like wasn't Robert Downey Jr. like that and now people yeah that was his whole that was his whole thing for a while like he was the hot mess uh tabloid boy but also echoing what everyone says definitely Marion Lakeith I think he's a a rising star to watch out for him I'm down to go on that journey 
you know, from I mean, indie I'm, movie I'm beginning. Ju- I'm already married, and I'm jumping at the bit to he, marry Yeah, him. he he's also sexy. has some yeah. hot tats in some of these pics. Oh, he's yeah, he's sexy. hot as hell. And fucking Edward Furlong again, 1999 era. Um, there's also some pictures of a modern Edward with these bell bottom jeans that dra- are dragging on the floor. That's also very good in the Google <laughs> land. And I'm killing Tom Brady too. I know there's some people who are like he's pretty. And it's like too pretty, just it's for me. Too like pretty, too yeah. like too pretty. It looks much. like a Barbie doll come to life very, w- very, with like no anatomy. Mm-hmm, very Ken. Yeah. Very no. Yeah. Dead eyes. I just feel like this one's the no brainer, you guys. It was. There's sometimes yeah. it's, there's a wrench. There's an Anna Kendrick, and sometimes there's a Tom Brady, and you know what's up, and you know where <laughs> you're going. Um, some other Leo Sons, Libra Risings were Hayden Pentier, uh, and Kenny Rogers. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a fun one. That's it, Honor. Honor, thank you so much. Thank you I mean, so much. This was goes so without fun. Saying, goes without saying, thank you. We would not. I mean, this podcast absolutely would not be what it is without this theme song. So you really are, as much as we're you know joking, you really are the fourth, the fourth voice oh, on this you. pod. It's it's such a huge thing. Um, everybody, listen to. Uh, beginners, listen to Pet. The new single is so good. Uh, listen to Views from the Vista. Yes. Subscribe on Patreon. Um, is there anything else you want people to to consume of yours? I mean, follow. Follow. We'll put all of the tat. We'll put all the links everywhere. But yeah, that's basically it. Like, I you if you uh, like my voice, my talking voice, you can listen to Views from the Vista. We always have new episodes. My band Pet is um, on Bandcamp and Spotify and all of the things. And then also Beginners is like literally everywhere. Um, listen to any of them and uh, I'll be there, baby. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. We thank love you. Thank you so much, guys. I love you thank all. You. And thank you guys for listening. We love you as well. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. What's Bye. Sign? What's your sign, baby? What's your